Thank you for tuning in to True Dominion Ministries podcast with your host, Latanya Stevens, here to do the third part of the series, The Cross. So I hope that you have enjoyed the first two parts of it all. And we're going to begin with chapter 11 through 15 on today. Please don't forget to go visit our website at www.truedominionministries.com to look at our daily blog called Ask Yourself. So let us go ahead and begin. I pray that you all is well. We're going to begin in chapter 11 in the book of John. And it starts off with Lazarus becomes sick and dies. It reads, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus has died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there for now. You will really believe. Come, let's go see him. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there for now. You will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to. This is about God's timing, and sometimes he has to allow us to die spiritually before he shows up for God to get the glory. It is our belief and our faith that moves him. And so we have to learn how to have faith and we have to learn how to believe in the word of God and understand that there is healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. I mean, he has the power to do all things. So on to verse 17 is talking about Jesus comforts Mary and Martha. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus has stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? When we doubt or have unbelief, we grieve God as well as the Holy Spirit. And it was like Jesus had to constantly prove himself to people and not just people as far as strangers, but people that was close to him, people that had already seen, that had already known, that had already witnessed. And by this time, really, it was his emotions. I know some people say that, you know, Jesus don't be in their feelings like that. But in this particular passage, Jesus was in his feelings because Jesus was like, look, why are y'all not believing me? in his own little way on the verse 38 starts talking about Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and Jesus was still angry as he arrived Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance roll the stone aside Jesus told them but Martha the dead man's sister protested Lord he has been dead for four days the smell will be terrible Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And you know, what's unique about this is this was not Jesus' only time raising the dead. Through his anger, he still kept his mind on giving the glory to God. And on to verse 45, where it's talking about religious leaders plot to kill Jesus. It reads, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, but some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was high priest at the time, said, 
You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own as high priest at the time he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation and not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness to the village of Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. You know, Jesus knew when to fight and when to sit down. I just wanted to say that because he did stop his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He knew when to fight and he knew when to sit down. He knew when his time was. He knew what was worth fighting for, but he also knew, you know, when to stand down. In verse 55, it says, it was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, what do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest him. And what I want to say is, what do you do when everybody is out to kill and destroy you? What do you do when everybody is slandering your name and people are saying that you're not who you say you are and you can't do what you say you can do or whatever they've even seen you do, they tell you you can't do it. What do you do? And and what I see Jesus doing is he, he understands his mission. He understands his assignment. He understands who he is and he and he knows whose he's is he is as well and it it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of stamina it takes it takes a maturity to walk that kind of walk it takes a maturity to fight that kind of fight and I just believe that we have to be prepared but we have to be prepared because we have to know our assignment we have to know what we're fighting for we have to know who we are we have to know who our father is and who we belong to what authority we have what power we have to to dominate to dominate in in what he has told us to have dominion over not domination in a sense of you know aggression and pride and arrogance but dominate in the spirit on to chapter 12 it begins it begins talking about a woman anoints jesus with perfume and it reads six days before the passover celebration began jesus arrived in bethany the home of lazarus the man he had raised from the dead a dinner was prepared in jesus's honor martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar, an expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Issachar, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to him. They flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. 
Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. And when I read this, I thought about Judas and his occupation. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was in charge of the money. And when I think of him and the fact that he betrayed Jesus and basically he, he sold Jesus out, I thought about money was the root of Judas's evil. And betraying Jesus was who he was. He could never be loyal as long as money was involved. And I looked at it a little differently because I was like, wow, you know, he was always around money. He was stealing money before, you know, even his purpose of stealing money. So that was truly the, the gateway that Satan got to him. That was truly the way in. That was the portal that the enemy was allowed to get into him when it came to money, because the love of money was the root of his evil. And so it just opened up to me that it was about money for him. It, it was just simply about money for him. He could, he could care less about the poor people. As the scripture said, he could care less about the poor people because he was already a thief. But he often stole for himself and he put a price on Jesus is what is what's sad about it. He actually put 30 pieces of silver on Jesus, which was the cost of a slave at that time. That's just who he was. Then it starts talking about Jesus rising to Jerusalem on a young donkey. And it reads, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about his miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. This is kind of ironic because it's after three years of walking with Jesus that the disciples are just now understanding what Jesus has been saying the whole entire time. And what would this world be if everyone would go after Jesus? That last statement, there's nothing we can do Look, everyone has gone after him. If everybody went after Jesus the way that we were meant to go after Jesus, what would this world look like? What what would this world be? Okay. And just asking people who are who may be listening who are call themselves believers or call themselves Christians, whatever you may call yourself, um, what would this world look like? If you were a disciple or acting as a disciple, going to get other disciples to make this world better, to do the right things, to call those things out that are not of God and to make this world really a better place. I'm not saying that there's nobody in this world that does that. There's plenty of millions and trillions of people that do that. But what would this world look like if everyone, everyone was going after Jesus? 
that just gives me a, a mental picture. But, you know, I want you to have your own mental picture of what that would look like. And moving on, um, it begins to talk about Jesus explains why he must die. And verse 20, it says, some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee. They said, sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it and they went